talk about Chris Hemsworth being Hulk Hogan for an hour? Yeah, that'd be a good idea. <laughs> Who do you think is going to play uh, Vince McMahon in that movie? Hmm. That's more important. It's going to be f***ing Vince McMahon. <laughs> I'm sorry, I said f***ing. Are we allowed to curse on this podcast? I'm thinking about keeping it kind of family friendly. Okay, forget I said that. PG-13? Yeah, like PG-13. Okay. TV-14? Yeah. Walking Which is weird dead. for me because I'm all about no censorship, really. But at the same time, like, well, maybe like there's a kid watch it or something that wants you to gotta appeal to the masses. Yeah, a Smashing pumpkin song is the intro. Wow. Well, yeah. if he sues you. Well, if he sues me, then I'll know he listened. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, William Patrick Corgan. They'll know we're here. All right, uh, welcome to This is the NWA, which is a podcast that's going to be celebrating the past, present, and future of one of the most iconic wrestling franchises in history. I'm your host, Gary Horde, and bear with us here because this is the first episode, and if you've listened to the intro, I've probably talked about uh, regarding that we're just kind of trying to get this thing rolling. I just want to start. It's an idea I've had forever, and... Always wanted to do this, and I've just decided to not sit around anymore and think about it. It's just going to happen. So for this very first episode, the idea here is that I want to have each episode be introducing a new person to the modern NWA. So each episode, I'll be bringing somebody on, a new guest. They'll have watched some episodes uh, that we assigned them for their homework, and uh, we're going to talk about those episodes and uh, see what they think, see where they land on how the NWA is working and what they're doing so far. Now, these could be fans of wrestling in general, fans of strictly one type of wrestling, or not wrestling fans at all. So it's going to be fun to see where we go. Now, because it's my first episode of this podcast, I had to make sure that I had a comfort zone I had to have some cushion for my errors. So uh, if if you don't know, I am also part of another podcast, a long-running podcast. It's been going on for about two years now, a little over two years. And uh, it's called the Psychotronic Film Society. And we talk about cult movies, genre films, that sort of thing. And my co-host on there is a fellow named Justin Bishop. So since we already work together regularly I figured he'd be a great first guest, so uh, welcome, Justin. Thanks. I'm happy to be your cushion. Yeah, <laughs> you are my cushion. More cushion Always. for the pushing. Wow, that's it's, it's going off the rails already. <laughs> that's good. Uh, we're going to keep it PG-13, so that you know, was, don't turn that it off. Was not, that was not risque. I mean, it, yeah, not too risque. I no. was just warning that we're going to try to... Uh, we curse a lot on our other podcasts, basically. Yeah. We're going to try not to do that here, is what you're saying. Yeah, because there might be kids at home yeah. listening. There and the NWA is for everyone. I mean, they will drop some curse words from here to there, and I'm sure that we're not going to be able to stop ourselves Rick sometimes. Flair has said some questionable things in his career. Uh, Stalled Cold Steve Austin has said some things. Was he in the NWA? Oh, no, no, but you're right. <laughs> you're right. Because I was going to say Hulk Hogan said some questionable things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Things that will not be repeated on this show. <laughs> but also not the NWA. But hey, that's a good place to start. So when we talk about the modern NWA, I've got plans to discuss the past. Uh, no plans to discuss the future because... It is unwritten. Oh, you don't have you don't have <laughs> secret knowledge. No, I don't have secret knowledge. But uh, I do want to cover a lot of the past stuff. But the big thing that you need to know to set up where we're at right now to start the uh, this podcast is that the NWA has been around since 1948. That's like 
the oldest wrestling franchise of all. It was made up of a bunch of territories. And uh, we'll get into like more detail on a lot of this past stuff later, but I want to set that up because it had kind of disappeared off of the main radar for a while. And that is up until about May 1st, 2017, when it was purchased by William Patrick Corgan, a.k.a. Billy Corgan, from the Smashing Pumpkins, most famously. Uh, he wanted to own a wrestling promotion and just decided to, instead of just dipping his toe in the water, he just jumped on in. Bought a whole dang promotion. A whole dang promotion. Was, was uh, So you know more about this than me. Gary, was the NWA, were they, when he bought them, they were still a thing though, right? They weren't like dead. They just weren't being exposed to like. Yeah, they were still in existence. Um, it's, it's always been around, but it's never gone away. Yeah, it's never, I, I don't think it's ever really gone away. And now anybody listening can always correct me on any of this stuff. I'm approaching this very humbly that I don't know everything. But from my understanding, where we are right at this point, the NWA has always been around. Uh, in 1948, you know, they started as a joining together of several promotions to try to keep a consistent, like, one champion, a rotation of stars. They could help each other out, build each other up, and that sort of thing. And uh, they'd agree on a champ. That champ would travel to different, all the different territories all over the place and would defend the title. And uh, so it, it eventually did fall apart uh, due to a lot of different reasons coming together. And, of course... Uh, right around the time that... Are we just going to blame a, Ted Turner? Uh, no, Can no. Can we blame Ted Turner? I mean, but technically, that's about the last time it was, like, mainstream, like, majorly super popular was when WCW was a segment of the NWA, mm -hmm. and then Ric Flair was the champ, and then he ended up uh, leaving for the WWE and brought the big gold belt that he was using yep. at the time, and then WCW ended up kind of breaking off from the NWA and want nothing to do with them. The next time you probably would have seen him would have been uh, ECW was a affiliate of... The NWA. I did not know that. Yeah, see, that, I'm learning yeah. things. Well, we're and we're going to cover all of this in way more detail, I promise. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of <laughs> excited to hear your like, you know, when you do episodes covering, I guess the history of it because wrestling history, like from WCW and and even like the beginnings of the WWE and stuff, is very it's super complex. Like, yeah, it is, and the way that it all like all these like smaller territories came together into bigger organizations is something I've always like heard bits and pieces of but i don't know a ton about you know? I, I it's part of the reason i wanted to do this is because as a wrestling fan i grew up i mean i was a wwf guy my whole life that was the one i had the most access to but uh as i've grown in my love for wrestling part of the reason i'm starting this is because i started reading a lot more about the old territory days that you hear these guys in interviews talk about and that sort of thing and the nwa being where guys like dusty Rhodes, rick flair harley race all of these names you'll hear bounced about, and in this episode we'll reference again because the modern NWA also makes use of it, makes use of its history. The I wanted to know more about them, so I've been like reading a ton about this stuff, and so I definitely want to get into that past stuff because it's super intriguing. I mean, the old NWA, for lack of a better term, right off the top of my head, was almost like a little mafia for a while, Ooh. and uh, so it's got some cool stuff. But yeah, so WCW would have been part of it. There was uh, ECW. ECW uh, ended up breaking away from the NWA, too, right before they became Extreme Championship Wrestling. They were called Eastern Championship Wrestling. That's less fun. Yeah, well, it is. But uh, when, you know, spoiler alert, I guess, for like a past episode, but 
uh, Shane Douglas won the championship, dumped the NWA title in a garbage can and said, screw this title. I don't want it. We're making our own. And we're now we're called extreme championship wrestling. So they went off and did their, so NWA went from being like this prominent organization to keep, kept becoming like the redheaded stepchild of all these different wrestling promotions. TNA was the next most famous thing. What do you have against redheaded people, Gary? Uh, I'm actually sort of redheaded or completely <laughs> redheaded, so I don't know. I have like a red What do you have tent. against stepchildren, Gary? I am uh, technically a stepchild also. <laughs> I have a stepmother. You, so. are, you are a redheaded stepchild. <laughs> I sure am. <laughs> so I don't, I mean, you know, maybe I just hate myself. Oh. I guess that's it. So, But anyway... We have digressed, and uh, so so Billy Corgan ended up buying this organization. He had worked briefly in TNA, uh, which some of these videos will cover a little, but uh, he he had been there and wanted to get into the wrestling business, had known the president, from my understanding, of the company, and became a consultant, ended up working for them, helping out on the writing, and then uh, got let go with... Was this Dixie Carter? I think it was around the Dixie Carter era, yeah. and uh, yeah, there was some, like... Law stuff going on that I'm not privy to, so, uh, you know, with disputes going on there. But Billy Corgan just left there, and he ended up to just, he just wanted his own wrestling promotion, I guess. So he buys the oldest one in existence. Yeah, so he buys the oldest one in existence. It'd be nice to have Billy Corgan money. I guess so. (laughs) I mean, you know, the thing is, is, uh, you know, again, not privy to all of the details. I don't know how much he paid for it or anything like that. You know, I don't know how much it was worth. At the time, exactly. But, I mean, there is a history here. And and you see this. We're talking about the modern era right here. But it's already got its own legacy so far because we're talking about something that started in 2017. And as we record this, we're in February of 2019. So it's already been doing some stuff. And you could tell that there's some respect that other wrestlers have for it about the history and the legacy that comes with it. And they... I think are doing a good job. One of the things I loved about this 10 pounds of gold TV series that they're doing on YouTube is that they really try to delve into that. They don't have like a regular TV show. I mentioned the YouTube thing. So they have these YouTube videos that you can go watch for free, which is kind of nice. Like not behind a paywall or anything like that. You can go see uh, from the beginning right now. You can go watch them. So Justin's joining me here. He and I are going to be talking about the first 16 videos that are on there that seems daunting but they're some of them are pretty short yeah some of them are pretty short like even some like a couple i think are less than a minute so i think the longest one is an actual match yeah (laughs) it's about 20 minutes it runs about 20 yeah so anyway justin was a good start for this because justin uh you know in in our psychotronic talk and uh both of us uh have been to wrestling matches together and sometimes these worlds crossover uh we have a discord chat group that you can join uh for the psychotronic film society and even in that we have a wrestling channel so wrestling just the same kind of people end up enjoying this sort of stuff uh i know a character is going to show up later in the uh series of nwa this uh named josephus and i follow him on instagram and he is a huge vhs fan and like josephus josephus which sounds a lot like bo cephas it Sure, it does. Is he a, also a fan of Hank Williams Jr.? You know, I don't know. I've Who never... has also, let's be honest, said some pretty problematic things. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to try to focus on the positives here. And uh, <laughs> as far as I know, Josephus has not said uh, anything problematic. And we're not to Josephus yet because we're going to start off with episode one that the NWA posted. And it's called 
Who is the NWA's world champion? I know. Oh, do you? Tim Storm. It is Tim Storm. This is uh, basically a little Tim Storm teaser in this first one. This one's one of the ones. It's less than a minute. Uh, it's kind of just prepping you for what's little, coming. A little Tim Storm tickle. A little, <laughs> little Tim Storm tickle. A little nudge. <laughs> it does give you a little bit of history. I mean, you get to hear him say that like he's holding a title that's been held by 53 men before him. He uh, says a phrase that you're going to hear multiple times after this. Something about being on a mountain. Yeah, <laughs> this is my mountaintop. <laughs> uh, so, so not a lot to discuss in that little teaser. Just uh, kind of get you ready uh, for the NWA stuff. I will say that like the first time I watched this, that logo pops up. I freaking love the NWA logo. I think it's a really awesome logo. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> All right, so I brought Justin on for to just to be excited about everything. <laughs> you know my general just default mode is just pure excitement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on okay. our other podcast, that's Justin's what, That's what most people say about me is the first thing they meet is like, why is he excited all the time? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Uh, all right, so then we're going to move on to uh, video number two, which was called NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, Tim Storm, Mission Statement. Now, who is the NWA World Heavyweight Champion? Here's what you need to know. If you don't know, you're about to find out, because this is my mountaintop. This is the pinnacle of the most important thing I have ever done in wrestling, and I will never ever let this go and that is a fact all right the 10 pounds of gold uh so and this would this was uh an interview that's done on it's a uh, live from championship wrestling from hollywood uh they have a really neat setup so it's just a tv show that only airs like in in the los angeles area do you know yeah, I wish, I, I believe so, so. I think it's kind of more local. But they're not an NWA show. Well, I know that they're not specifically an NWA show. This promotion is run, as I understand it, by David Marquez, who's the guy who's waiting in the ring for Tim Storm to arrive mm -hmm. uh, when it, the video first begins. He used to be an NWA promoter. And I guess something I should have talked about is that the NWA name had become... You know, it used to be these territories, and it still was. Like, people could... What does NWA stand for? National Wrestling Alliance. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a good fun fact to know. Yeah. Uh, so not, not what I was thinking. Well, I, was, I mean, it, come on. Somebody's going to make the joke. Let's go ahead and <laughs> set it up right now in the podcast that so you can do a shot every time somebody every time makes somebody a joke about makes the NWA. Makes an Ice Cube or Easy e joke. Yeah, exactly. Take a shot. Uh, Unless you're underaged. Yes. And then do not. And then in order to keep things from being problematic, we are not going to tell you what that NWA stands for. <laughs> you can Google it. <laughs> so the NWA had like these different affiliates. You know, they would they would buy in to have the NWA name. And then there were NWA championships. They franchised their name? Yeah, they basically. kind of basically franchised the name, it seemed like. So uh, and it kind of got out of control, too. It was hard to keep up with. Everybody had their own agenda, and they were hanging on to the name, too, just for any kind of legacy that uh, it would have. And that's not speaking ill of anybody that uh, had done that. I'm not saying they're bad people or anything. It's just everybody had their own plans for their own promotion and that sort of thing. When Billy Corgan bought it, he said, uh, and we'll hear more about this later, but he said they did consider uh, using all the different affiliates that were there, but he kind of got the impression of what I just said that everybody had their own thing and he needed to have his own vision and you know he wanted to take things in the direction that he wanted to with not much pushback so they let all those things lapse 
Uh, David Marquez, who's here uh, hosting this interview with Tim Storm, he is a former NWA promoter. Uh, I don't know how recently that was. I mean, based on the interview, it sounds like like 20 years ago, maybe he was... He's been around you know, for a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's been around for a while. He has championship wrestling from Hollywood, which is allowing the NWA champion, Tim Storm, to show up on television. And they say in this interview, it's the first time in five years that the uh, NWA championship has been on broadcast television. That's always strange to me. That's one thing that's always been weird to me because I don't know as much about the way that, like the non-WWE promotions work because the way that like people can just take a belt from one place to a next, even like modern stuff like New Japan and Ring of Honor, because these guys aren't, I guess they're not like contracted with a sink where they have to only work with a single organization. That it's always weird to me when I see like, you know, this is not an NWA show, but yeah, the NWA champion can show up. So conceivably, I guess the Ring of Honor guy could show up if they made a deal with them and wrestle on their show or whatever and yeah i think slowly the wrestling world's changing a little bit i mean wwe is definitely seems like the most strict about this rule yeah, they yeah. kind of set the standard for that that like you 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 are a independent contractor quote unquote but you uh can't go anywhere else <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> makes it sound like you are just an employee yeah that's what exactly. that sounds like um but we but don't pay health insurance But that's also like, wasn't the WCW belt the original NWA belt? Like the the world champion? So I think at that time, uh, and again, I'm open to being corrected here, anybody listening, but I think at that time it had become, and it gone from the 10 pounds of gold belt that you're going to see here uh, to big gold, which was like the belt that Ric Flair carried. Right, yeah, that's what I'm thinking Uh, of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the big gold belt. That uh, it switched at some point in there. They started using that at WCW. And uh, and then it it kind of, I think during that separation period, NWA left with uh, Sweet Charlotte slash the 10 pounds of gold, uh, which this episode is the first time you hear it referenced that way. I think Ric Flair used to call it Sweet Charlotte, and uh, it was also known as the 10 pounds of gold. You think he calls his daughter that? Sweet Charlotte? Yeah. I don't think that's her real name, Mm. so he probably doesn't call her that. What maybe did she weigh 10 pounds when she was born? Maybe it's a large baby. <laughs> I was 10 pounds when I was born, actually. Really? Yeah, that's a big so, baby. Yeah, I'm sorry for your mom. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but but maybe when he does go to Charlotte, he says, I gotta get home to sweet Charlotte. Oh, because he get lives it, in Charlotte, yeah, lives in Charlotte. Yes. Lives in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there you go. So in the interview, Tim Storm shows up and, and he's got the 10 pounds of gold. I think what I was gonna say before is that when WCW and NWA uh split again, I think WCW kept that belt. And just called it the WWE or WCW World Heavyweight Championship, right, yeah. and then the NWA went back to having uh, the ten pounds of gold, and which is the world's heavyweight championship. Yeah, it is multiple worlds. Multiple. They say that they say it's got an S on it, and they say it a lot, and they, and it doesn't have an apostrophe. Well, they say it a lot, and it's weird to me. I have less of a problem with. Uh, well, no, that makes sense then. If it's world. Apostrophe S, yes, that means it's There's fight. no apostrophe. Oh, there's no apostrophe. There's no apostrophe. World's heavyweight championship. That's kind of like a universal champion. Well, until I see otherwise, I mean, I don't see anybody from Venus that's doing better. Mm, so that's true. They haven't know, come here yet. Yeah, they haven't come here yet to challenge, but it's still possible. It's less of a problem for me than like WWE having two world's champions yeah. on the same show. Yeah, no, I, I agree. There should only be world world's champion. As far as I'm concerned, it's the NWA world's champion because they've had, you know, it's been around a long time. 
All right, so Tim Storm walks out. He's going into that interview with David Marquez. I think Tim Storm has some pretty epic music, so that works. Yeah, he's a cool-looking guy. I've, I've never heard of Tim Storm before, but in a lot of these videos, because these videos that, that, that we're talking about here, the ones you asked me to watch, are basically about they're introducing Tim Storm to people who may not have heard of him because he hasn't been on TV, I guess. Right. And through like his match with Nick Aldis. And it, do, it spends a lot of time saying like hey tim storm is like the champion that nobody knows who he is basically right Right. Uh, which is true because i guess without a tv deal nobody i mean unless you go to the shows regularly you're not going to know who he is but he's been around for a long time yeah they we say nobody knows who he is one person in this crowd definitely knows he is because he has a little tiny white tim storm sign he's holding up (laughs) in that crowd i think i noticed one mullet which i found odd for hollywood yeah and uh and then there was one fella with a little white Tim Storm side. <laughs> one of his students. Yeah, it's probably one of his students. But, you know, I went to Raw one time forever ago, and me and my friends made signs, and we made little white signs. So I don't want to pick on that guy too hard because I totally did that once. We made signs for Chris Jericho, I remember, and yeah. they were all little white signs. It's real some, stupid because we were like all Y2K on them. Yeah, and we were on the upper level. So nobody was ever going to see them. Nobody. <laughs> Just us. It was just for us. So in this interview, just to, to get it out there, I mean, this is the first time, like I said, you hear the reference to Sweet Charlotte, uh, the first time you hear the reference uh, to 10 pounds of gold officially. So you're starting to get a little bit of history. I mean, he says this is the first time it's been on broadcast TV in five years, like I said before. You need to reestablish everything if you're going to start off. And uh, I think they're trying to do that. You get a lot of name drops in this interview. You get Luthez, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Terry Funk, Dory Funk, Jack Briscoe, Kerry Von Eric, AJ Styles, they're Adam kind of Pierce, building up Dan like, Severin. They're building up how much legacy there is behind this belt. Yeah, yeah. And Tim Storm's had it for like a year at this point, right? Yeah, Tim Storm's already had it for a year at this point. And he's 50-something years old, 51, 53, something like that? I think it's 53. I think it's 53 gonna, at the we're time. we find out for sure in one of the next episodes that I've jotted it down. But uh, I, I kind of dig that before anything, they're really establishing the brand yeah. and, uh, and the championship. Like, WWE changes their titles all the time like i'm still i think you always remember the one you grew up with sort of so like i'm still a fan of the wwf big winged eagle belt that they had back in the day and so it's kind of neat to see this brand they're like we're even hanging on to like this is the title like this is the 10 pounds of gold it's the same one that rick flair carried and harley race carried and jack briscoe and like all these they're really trying to establish that this has this lineage behind right. it and uh so and then storm basically to wrap that up he kind of goes on to mention that this is wrestling history it's the most important thing he's ever done in wrestling so he's like really laying it on there uh this is his mountaintop you you hear that again because take a shot uh it's the pinnacle and he's never letting it go that's a fact i don't think it's really up to him but he says fact, that's yeah. a fact uh i also love Tim Storm. And I think he's great. And and that, you know, I think one of the next episodes is where you get a good, like, interview with him, like, at the school where he teaches and stuff, you know, a pretty long interview where they kind of tell you who he is. Like, he's a family man. He's got grandkids. And they give you a background on, like, that he's been doing this for, like, 20 or 30 years, right? Yeah, yeah. And so... That's, that's one of the things that I think like regular wrestling is missing right now. Yeah. That I think they're already just like nailing like right here at the beginning. You've established your brand. You've established your champion. You, you get these like little pieces in there. This is a long-term 
thing, like this is, they're playing the long game, but like, let's establish this company. Let's establish this championship. And then, yeah, we're going to start establishing who Tim Storm is. Yeah. And nobody knew. And, and Tim Storm was the NWA's champion before uh, Billy Corgan obviously took it over. But I think they saw something in Tim Storm they really liked. Yeah. And uh, about him, and yeah, you start getting, a, all you need is like a little bit of who this person is. Well, you're already being given sort of a narrative with him. Like Billy Corgan bought the company with a narrative already in existence just by the fact that you had this guy who has been wrestling for decades and has finally, you know, even though he's past the age where most people would think they're in their prime, like he's after decades of hard work and and working, you know, probably some really small crummy gigs and he's finally like become champion after all this time it's it's yeah. a it's a great narrative that you've you know it's it's been done before but like this is like real life like this is who you know who he actually is he's a guy who has been wrestling and, and never became a big star but just kept doing it and finally became the champion that's a pretty good narrative to like be handed <laughs> right right <laughs> you know just because it's this guy's actual real life it's not a character it's not a story yeah and i don't know how much it was being used prior to them taking it over but um uh, you won't hear Dave Lagana name dropped until the next video, but he took on this project with Billy. Like that was the first person Billy like brought on with him. And Dave Lagana is former television writer. He worked on Friends and like a bunch of stuff. And uh, but he worked for WWE as one of their writers for five or six years. Then TNA for five or six years. He was one of the first guys really that jumped into the podcast world with a wrestling podcast. He had a uh, forgive me if I messed this up. It was like We Want Wrestling or something like that. And it was like in between jobs before, like before he went to TNA, where he was just like talking about the stuff that he missed about how things were structured and like telling a story, booking matches, and sort of. But he's got a real appreciation for these sorts of things, and he's the guy that's doing most of these videos and directing them and that sort oh, yeah. of thing. And uh, and you can tell he's a person who has an eye for exactly that, that narrative. Yeah. And so. Yeah, it, it did exist, but props to him for knowing where to focus the camera. Yeah, yeah, you I mean, know? it's still, it's still, yeah, knowing that this is the, something to run with. This is what's going to make it matter. And it makes you care about him, because I'd never heard of Tim Storm before any of this, and yeah. I didn't know who he was, but I'm like, I like this guy. Like, he's, especially if you're establishing him as, I guess, he's the baby face here. Yeah. And then you're automatically pulling for him. Yeah, exactly. That's something that sometimes watching WWE that I feel like they lose that, like, these characters that just have nothing behind them. Like yeah. just, we just throw them on TV and they just do a thing. I think it's important to have that here. So I've talked about this second video. We, we have talked about it longer than it even lasted. It was a tight three and a half minutes that it just establishes the brand, the title gives you a little taste of who Tim storm is. Uh, he's, he's got a great fire in his voice. Like you can tell that he really cares about what he's doing. He's got some lovely eyes. Just some What's baby blue. Yeah, baby blue, bright eyes. But uh oh, old blue eyes. They look like they're seeing some stuff. Well, yeah. Like he's he's got some like gravel in there. He's definitely he, got a better look than he did back in the eighties where he kind of looked like Rick Steiner on a bad day. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he had the he had the Marble Man mustache. He had a little more gut on him. Like he's in yeah. better shape than he was then. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move on to the next video real quick. Uh, the next video is uh, just Billy Corgan talks NWA wrestling with Sirius XM's Busted Open. For what it's worth, Dave LaGreca and Larry 
Dallas hosting, they make references a lot to how important this is because it's old school and the history. They miss old school wrestling. And, you know, Billy just comes in and talks about he wants to restitch history and make the NWA important again. He remembers that legacy and, and that belt and wants them to matter. And so that's part of the reason he decided to roll with, with the NWA. Everybody immediately, when you buy something like this, I'm sure this is with anything, uh, you know, AEW is a current thing that it's going on with. I'm sure everybody wants to know all your plans. Like, what are you doing? What, what are you, what's next? You know, do you have TV? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? He he's handles this very well. He says, I'm not going to make any promises that we're going to fail on. This is all about long-term. He says, he can tell you that the wrestling is going to be first. It's about building the brand. They'll make decisions based on what they're doing, not what they hope to do. Uh, that's probably good life advice, kids. He's hoping for shows by spring. Uh, as I recall, I think they close enough. They nailed it sort of, but he announces that there's no more affiliate programs. Uh, this is probably important because all of the, all of the titles at this point that he says, this no longer are in effect. NWA used to have so many titles. If all of it's gone, the only one that's there as of right this moment is going to be the 10 pounds of gold, the world heavyweight champion. The world's heavyweight world's champion. world's heavyweight champion. Yeah. He talks a little bit about, you know, people are obviously going to ask him about uh, signing stars and that sort of thing. Like, what's the plan there? He talks about the dichotomy of, like, signing stars or versus, like, developing new people. He talks a little bit about his time with Impact and says, you know, when he left there, he's had people interested in joining him in what he does, which he thinks speaks to, you know, how he handled himself business-wise. Uh, this also might technically be the first reference to Nick Aldis uh, since he was a TNA wrestler, and we're going to be seeing him in a little bit. But he talks about the average age of the fans increasing. He doesn't assume that his name carries any weight, except that it gives him connections, some connections in mainstream media and that sort of thing. But he says he's a Paul Heyman guy. He said he wants to be that way to see what was overlooked in talent that a lot of the big companies missed, which I think is kind of what's happening with, say, Tim Storm. He also name drops David, David Legato for the first time. But I, I think it basically, just to sum it up, it's a really humble way of approaching things for Billy here. He he makes no certain promises. I like the idea of long-term planning rather than you're just going to bust out of the gate and try to say you're challenging a huge company like WWE or something like that. And he makes a good point about the average age increase. I mean, there was a time in the Monday Night War period where there were millions and millions of people watching wrestling. And when that period ended, I mean, WWE is still hot, but there's a lot of wrestling fans that are gone. Yeah. They're just, they just disappeared. There's people out there that at least at one point cared about wrestling. So it's a good idea to maybe want to try to focus your product to see if you can bring somebody back that might be missing something. Maybe there's people that miss the old school way that things were done. He talks a little bit about being open to deal with whoever's interested in dealing. You know, they just want to hire people that are invested and passionate about the project. He, he talks about, you know, why have somebody on your roster that doesn't want to be there? It's not fair to them. It's not fair to you. That sort of thing. Well, gosh, sometimes I wish WWE would listen to that. <laughs> but anyway, they don't listen to the fans, Gary. Some guys, some guys are okay with coasting, you know, but some guys want to leave and they can't, and that's that really sucks. So the next video that happens is uh, inner voice of NWA World Heavyweight Champion <laughs> so, Tim. Sto so weird. <laughs> I wonder if they will remember all these years, all these miles. I have no regrets for the roads I've taken. I'm a kid at heart. 
This is my dream. If they don't know my name, it doesn't change what's in my heart. This is my mountaintop. I, I was going to try to be the first to say, uh, this inner voice sounds a little different than I expected. It does. It's it's odd. It, it reminds me of, remember in Suburban Commando when The Undertaker <laughs> spoke yeah. the one time? You're a dead man, Randy. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe they should have gone with regular Tim Storms. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he should just narrate. But I, you know what they're going for here is talk about. I wonder if they'll remember, and, which I thought was an interesting line. You know, here's a guy who's just hoping people will remember how important this is, what he's carrying, and that sort of thing. And uh, he's a kid at heart. He still sure. feels young, and he's out there. And blah, blah, blah. I get it, but. This is the, I think some of the videos, the execution's a little odd to me. Yeah. Like the narration, I don't think whoever, I don't know who the narrator is. I, I meant but to look But I don't up, think it's, I he, it's definitely not a professional like narration guy. Yeah. Know, so it sounds a little weird sometimes. And one of them puts a Robert Frost cro- quote on the screen. Oh, it was a nice little touch. Yeah, was, it? Little... <laughs> <laughs> was it though? So uh, if there was any doubt, we're going to be very honest about <laughs> discussing NWA here. And it's with love because uh, we're both fans of wrestling. So, Justin, what is your history with wrestling? Is it just WWE? Like, No, no. Uh, I grew up, actually, I watched more WCW when I was a kid than I did WWE or WWF at the time, probably. I got really into WWE. I mean, I watched a lot, I watched WWF as a kid. I had uh, wrestle buddies, you know, yeah. <laughs> like every other kid in the 80s. I had a, a Hulk Hogan toys. I had... Vladimir, what's, what was the guy's name? What was the Russian guy's name with the USSR on his shirt? Oh, Boris Karloff, I think. It was. No, not Boris Karloff. That's the guy who played <laughs> Frankenstein. Vladimir, no. Vladimir Kozlov's a different guy. You know who I'm talking about. I know who you're talking yeah, about. I, I had a toy of him. I had the Bushwhacker. So I had a lot of WWF stuff, but I also watched a lot of uh, the Stinger and Ric Flair and stuff. So... I grew up a wrestling fan in general, I guess. I got away from it for a long time, and then I got back into it in, during the Attitude Era when everyone else got back into it, you know, in the 90s, because I, I was in high school and at the perfect age to think that, like, what Steve Austin was doing was super cool. Nikolai Volkov. That's it. Was that guy's name. I had a toy Sorry. of him. Yeah. I, could, I don't know why. It I was one of those blamed. big, like, rubber figures it's like 12 feet tall but has no articulation it's just a rubber yeah, like had, block of i had the macho man of that yeah. yeah i don't know why i had him i just it just seems like an odd choice for a child yeah not the it was just choice. a guy with a mustache and a red shirt that said ussr yeah maybe you were a russian agent from maybe from i was birth. just a budding socialist yeah i guess so <laughs> all right so the next video is your first actual 10 Pounds of Gold, Episode 1, Meet Tim Storm. Which we've kind of already talked about. Yeah, we talked a lot about it. I, I, I wish that I had looked up who the narrator is. I'll fix that later. But yeah, you get all of that stuff. Tim Storm has been wrestling for 20 years. He's the oldest man to hold the heavyweight championship. I wrote 51, so I think he's... Maybe he's 53 now. Yeah, maybe he's 53 now. And uh, so you get to see him meeting with David Marquez a little bit outside of before that interview, showing him the belt. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, talking about the little details of the belt, which, yeah, I like that. It's cool to see Tim Storm talk to him, and it's it's just nice to see this guy who has this, like, passion for it, and he talks about still getting chills just when he looks at it yeah. and stuff. That, man, it makes you just really get behind him. You, you, you yeah, and it doesn't seem he, like he's, like, playing a character. Like, I feel it feels legit. 
Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and they call him, I think, in this video, an unlikely hero, never been on the national stage. And uh, and it is that. Yeah, he's the older guy holding the belt. And yeah, everything we've talked about already about Tim Storm. And, and I won't get into too much history because you kind of get a little bit more uh, a little later. Yeah, so that's the first 10 pounds of gold, the first official uh, episode. Uh, the next video that they show you is Tim Storm versus, versus Zicky Dicey, plus the, plus Nick Aldis is there. Another championship wrestling from Hollywood video. You find out Tim Storm's from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Didn't know that. You do, because he lives in Texas now. I also love that he claps to the crowd. He does this thing, yeah. which you can't see on the podcast, but he claps and then congratulates the audience with his <laughs> outstretched arms. Yeah, which is fun. I like... You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> He's clapping for them. He's showing his appreciation yeah, to the I crowd. Yeah, I know. I'm just playing. I also love that he chews gum. He's got that. That's just kind of cool. Yeah, he's got like a swagger to him, you know? Yeah, it's he fun. does when he's walking. Yeah, it does. And all due respect, he looks like the guy who definitely has like a humongous amount of the old man strength. Uh, I used to describe that was like with my dad that he had, you know, like a pot belly, but he could flip over a car. Yeah. It was just like after a certain age, you just get that. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think that happens. He clearly works out. Yeah, well, I've, <laughs> let's clarify. Tim Storm has no pot belly. Yeah. Tim Storm is in awesome shape. He is killing it, and I would do well to look like him when I am 51 years old. Yeah. Because that's amazing. But, you know, they do a good job in this match of just establishing who Tim Storm is. Love the nickname Perfect Storm. That's cool. I mean, that's his finisher. That's easy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, but you got it. You got to have those things. That's yeah, part yeah. of the, the package, right? No, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying if your last name's Storm, the Perfect Storm. I mean, how, how can you not be? How did Lance Storm never do that? That's a good question. See, he'd never seen that movie. It's apparently not as easy as we think. Well, and, it's uh, Canadian. <laughs> um, so they do a great job here again during the match the announcers are talking about Luthez, Harley Race, Giant Baba, Legacy who is Giant Baba? oh my gosh that'll be a whole other episode okay never mind <laughs> Japanese uh, promoter and wrestler and okay. you know just a big deal over there and uh, former NWA champion we'll just leave it at that for all now alright uh, Zicky Dicey has his moments here but he gets clobbered Storm whips that tail <laughs> he gets clobbered yeah uh, and he doesn't even what's great is he doesn't even look like he's sweating at the end yeah like he just, just which doesn't. is not the case in a later match that we're gonna watch you're right <laughs> where he looks like he's about to die <laughs> <laughs> Nick Aldis shows up at the end of this for the first time. Here he is, Nick Aldis. The championship that has the longest lineage in the business from Luthez, Dory Funk Jr., Jack Briscoe, Terry Funk, Holly Race, Ric Flair. It goes on and on. And now I want that lineage to join my legacy. So let me make it easy for you. Consider this a challenge for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. I'll give you a little time to think about it. But spoiler alert, the answer is yes. Nick Aldis laying down the... You'll hear him refer to as Magnus a lot because... Uh, well, so Nick Aldis... Uh, uh, Englishman. Englishman. Kings Lynn, England. Don't know where that is. Yep, never been there. But he shows up on stage. Uh, he is a former world champion in TNA. Uh, he was on a show yeah, called Gladiators and... 
Yeah, which is like American Gladiators. But I think it was like their version of American okay. Gladiators, but obviously not in America. So, so probably don't want to keep the whole name. British Gladiators. British Gladiators, maybe. Uh, but yeah, because I didn't know that, and I didn't know he was on TNA because I, I watched TNA a long time ago, well before his time. So when he showed up, they're like, "Oh, Nick Aldis is here." I was like, "Oh, they know who this guy is." <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't, but clearly he's somebody. Yeah, yeah, which is, you know, kind of weird. Like we. I think we both watched TNA a little bit early on, but I definitely didn't watch TNA during. I his stopped time. watching when Hulk Hogan showed up. I think <laughs> that's ironic. I feel like <laughs> that was that's the reverse of what they wanted. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so he 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 busts up in here and straight to the point. Don't believe in wasting time. I've won a lot of titles. Guess which one I want next? It's that one. So he's clearly like the. Heel in the sitch. Yeah, he's playing it kind of heelish. He's uh, it's weird because he plays it heelish like in those moments, but and even in some of the interviews later on. But he's also kind of likable in some of the interviews, so he's not yeah. like he's almost in like a gray area. Yeah, he he kind of does play in that area because he. But then obviously, like as it goes on, like Tim Storm is the underdog, which automatically puts him in more of a babyface position, right? Yeah, I think with this narrative that they're following right now you can't out babyface tim storm he's just too likable and all this is younger up and coming he's hungry but he's confident and that confidence some is would gonna say see. some would say arrogant perhaps all right so the next thing tim storm facebook live q a so they show it's i didn't a, watch that you didn't watch it no you should go back and watch it you just this is like people asking questions to him about i don't want to give zuckerberg any hits <laughs> Well, Tim Storm, I'll tell you what, in this one, I mentioned him not sweating in the match. It must be hot as hell wherever they are because he is like constantly like wiping his face. I think he also just worked out. He looks like he's in like He also lives gear. in Texas. He, so, so it probably is hot. <laughs> if you weren't endeared to him already, I mean, he's talking about here about how good it makes him feel. His family and his friends have been seeing him work so hard and how they feel good for him. And he just seems really genuine. My favorite line that he gives in this is about being a champion. There's been so many, so many different styles and stuff. And he says, quote, there's hundreds of flavors of ice cream. And just because I like my flavor doesn't mean it's the only flavor. I'm not everybody's flavor, but it tastes pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Storm, NWA <laughs> World's Heavyweight Champion, and he tastes good, too. Wow. Uh, uh, you know. So anyway, but I do. What ice cream flavor do you think Tim Storm tastes like? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm thinking care. Rocky Road. Rocky Road. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like, uh, yeah, definitely a Rocky Road. It's been a Rocky Road to the top of that mountaintop. Heck yeah! There you go. That's good. <laughs> you can have that one for free, Tim Storm. Use that one in your next promo. <laughs> Rocky Road, Tim Storm. <laughs> <laughs> he said he saw a quote with Johnny Valentine on it one time, you know, old school name. Uh, he says, you may not believe wrestling is real, but you're going to know that I'm real. I kind of like that attitude. Yeah. You know, and he says he talks about his style. He's not as flashy as other people uh, that he's, you know, but he says sometimes he thinks about, I like this part too. It's like with Caveman, uh, you know, they'd get attacked and it's fight or flight. And he says, they're going to fight and they're not going to do it in Seguri or climb up on a rock and hit a moonsault. And I'd say the jury's still out on that, actually. I would like to see that. Yeah. Actually, I mean, like a like a saber-toothed tiger attacking a caveman and he just does a little hurricanrana. Yeah, I think Tim Storm's booking uh, the next year of TNA. But, <laughs> or, but, but uh, Tim Storm... As uh, a history teacher, he should know 
that those moves did not exist during Caveman. No, he does. He says that that's what they didn't do. So really? I was arguing that he doesn't know that. Nobody was there then. You don't know that they didn't hit a moonsault on a saber-toothed tiger. It they didn't have, have a happened. name for it. Fake news, Tim Storm. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's his new name. Uh, five minutes into the video, he starts talking about how he doesn't know how long he's got, but he's not done yet. I love this guy. Like, I'm just sold on him right here in this video completely. And it made me, like, literally out loud watching this video in the q and I was like, what is wrong with WWE? Give a dude five minutes. This guy is making me care more about him than 90% of a roster of a major corporation. Yeah. Uh, he name drops Art Anderson. Uh, I wonder if he ever got to meet Art Anderson because he seems to really like Art Anderson when he talks about him here. Uh, somebody asks, what do you have to say to people that think you are too old? And he says, quote, watch and see. Hell yeah, man. I'm in, Tim. Yeah. Let's do this. All right. And that takes you directly into 10 Pounds of Gold number two. This is Tim Storm's mountaintop. Take a shot. Talks a lot about that mountain. He likes the mountaintop. And actually, I think it's this one. Uh, he, he talks about never wanting to come down. Liking the view. You know, that sort of thing. It gives you some old clips of Tim Storm. You see the uh, photos about Dark Circle Tim Storm and all that. That's which... a good, that's my favorite version, honestly. Really? Dark Circle Tim Storm? It's the most ridiculous. You also <laughs> see him fight doing something with Sting. Yeah, yeah, you get to see him with Stig. You get to uh, see one where, like, Shawn Michaels is just creeping in the background. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, t- he talks about working with Shawn Michaels, which uh, was took a super about kick. to take the super kick. Yeah. Uh, the sweet chin music. Let's get the correct terminology here. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. Uh, he, you see his wife. He's uh, been married to her since 87. Talks about his first match with Butch Reed. But, yeah, says he never wants to come down from the mountaintop. And I immediately noted, I love Tim Storm as much as any wrestler ever. I... <laughs> personally think the NWA was nailing it right here. Yeah. Number nine video is the Nick Aldis NWA debut from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Uh, he faces a guy named Will Hobbs. Hashtag willpower on the back of his tights. Wow. Yeah, it's also clever. You know, if your name's Will, <laughs> gotta go for it. You know, this is basically just getting you to know who Nick Aldis is a little bit. Get to see him wrestle one time if you've never seen him before. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, the only thing I thought about this match was, why do referees try to stop people from doing top rope moves? I don't know. It's allowed. Yeah. But every time. And was this, this referee the was the ref that looks like Paul Shear, or was that the first match we talked about? <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. Look, I, think... I thought it was Paul Shear. Well, it could have been. I don't think it was. Yeah, but uh, this ref was real adamant about, no, get down, get down. <laughs> he was just like yelling. I was like, come on, dude, let him get up on the top yeah, rope. It's allowed. But basically, it just ends when uh, Nick Aldis power bombs Will Hobbs into uh, the King's Lynn Cloverleaf that he does. I always loved that move. The Texas Cloverleaf, I always knew it as. Old Dean Malenko used to do it. Yeah. I'm sure it's got more history than that, but that's what I remember it from. Uh, so a win from uh, Nick Aldis. He does a little brief interview afterwards. Uh, takes a stab at Tim Storm not being verified on Twitter, so he can't well, keep up with him. <laughs> that's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then uh, we moves on to video number 10, uh, which was, uh, what are three letters worth? This is 10 pounds of gold number three. William Patrick Corgan in his Zuzu's hat. That's his uh, 
tea shop. He has a tea shop. He has a tea shop. All right. Did you not know this about <laughs> Patrick Learning Corgan? something more about Billy Corgan. Yeah, up in Chicago. Actually, I think they're like moving locations right now or something. But anyway, this is more about Billy Corgan. Just talk about legacy means something. History means something. Uh, he talks about like, it's kind of his history, like why he's in there. Like he was into rock and roll and wrestling. The music thing worked out all right. You know, he's kind of been with that. But now he kind of gives you, for those that don't know, Billy Corgan was... Lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins. That was one of Who my, doesn't know that? I don't know. But I'll tell you what. If he doesn't uh, have a some sort of pumpkin spice tea. I'll tell you what's not the intro of this podcast is uh, Bullet with Butterfly Wings. Because I feel like every time he shows up anywhere, everybody just plays yeah. to spite on my rage. I'm still just a rat in a cage. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Love that song. But come on. They have other songs. They have other stuff. So anyway, he, he tells you a little bit about the history of NWA from 1948 on. No matter what, you know, you've got the Beatles. and You've got Elvis. They're timeless. This belt to him is Elvis. And... Uh, he builds up that Aldis versus Storm match. Kind of, uh, I think it's like the official announcement yeah. that they're going to do it. So that takes you to the next video, which is called The Roads Between Us. 10 pounds of gold, number four. So this is the one with the Robert Frost quote. Yeah, yeah, you're right. About the road less traveled. Yep, nice. Well, you don't think so. <laughs> I, put, I put nice much, but I do like a quote from Tim Storm in this one. Uh, I've got more miles in the rear view than in the windshield. Tim Storm's got some phrases. He does. That's good. Nick Aldis has got his work cut out for him. You get to see some of Nick Aldis, though, training in the gym. Talks about teaming up with Samoa Joe. They were like tag team champs and yeah. stuff. And uh, you get to see him battling Sting. And uh, so, so he's got quite a history that we'll probably delve in more into these guys' history later. So don't think I'm just trying to gloss over it i do i do appreciate that nick aldis even though he does come across kind of heelish he does say in this one you got to know your worth yeah and sometimes you have to eat shit he says yeah you have to take experiences and turn them into a positive i'm either winning or i'm learning he says and uh i was like wow all right wow, very... motivational speaker yes. nick aldis uh, I also like, I don't think, I can't remember if it's in this video or not. I think it is where he, he gives a little, nice little nod to Tim Storm where he's like, you held you're, you held it with the title with dignity, but I'm going to take it basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is no, nice. that's, no, that's it. That's kind of a cool attitude to have, yeah. you know? So anyway, you get to see some of Tim Storm's classroom and, and that sort of thing. It's kind of neat. He talks about working hill in the classroom and stuff like that. He's a uh, Tim Scoggins is the real name. Actually, so he's Mr. Scoggins in the class. You see some family life for both guys. Mm -hmm. Aldis with his uh, kid. And for those that don't know, Nick Aldis' wife is Mickey James, WWE superstar. I actually did not know that. Did you not know that? Really? <laughs> did not, oh, did not well, know that. well, that is also Mickey James' kid. Uh, so, how about that? They, yeah, they don't show her in this. I don't know why, unless she was off on the road or legal reasons legal or thing, something. Yeah. yeah. And after this one, my first thought was actually when she starts seeing some of Nick Aldis' family life, it's like nice quotes. And I'm like, oh, God. Who do I pull for? Yeah. This is tough. Uh, so next video is number 12. It's go time. 10 pounds of gold. Number five. That's the one where Nick Aldis says, don't beat yourself up when you lose. Like you've carried this yeah. with dignity. Sort yeah. of a backhanded compliment. Too. It's like, <laughs> you done good, but it's my turn now. Yeah. And uh, you get kind of a rocky montage of like both guys trading. Kind of dug that. And uh, they're talking about pushing past your limits. And Nick Aldis saying he's, he's like, I, I know he's not trading harder than me because... I don't even think that's possible. He's he's got that confidence, and then he's saying like I'm technically more sound. I'm strong. Blah blah blah. And Tim Storm has got the I know he's technically more sound, but if it gets too technical, 
just going to punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah. He's like, calls it the great equalizer. Nice. So, <laughs> so that's hard to argue. And uh, whatever music they're using in this video, by the way, should be somebody's theme music because it's uh, pretty pretty rocking. So the next video is uh, Billy Corgan. Just a quick little interview with him talking about the Joe Rogan experience. NWA Wrestling, Tim Storm versus Nick Aldis. And uh, that's kind of it. It's just kind of him building up. He's playing in a cemetery. because Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Because he's Billy Corgan. Because he's Billy Corgan. <laughs> and then he's going to be there at that match. And then finally, in video number 14, it's time. Tim Storm versus Nick Aldis, NWA World's Heavyweight Championship match. Uh, Pretty good match. Yeah. Tiny side guy's back. He had a Nick Aldis side, and I was like... Oh, he flipped. You flipped. He's been watching 10 Pounds of Gold, and he's changed his mind. But... Part of the way in, there's a Tim Storm side still, oh, too. Maybe he had it on both sides. Literally flip. <laughs> well, no, no. There's two separate sides. Oh. One says Tim Storm. One says Nick Aldis. Can't uh, decide. Yeah. I guess he just... Whatever. I it's think a pretty he, good little match, though. T- Tim Storm's definitely like a brawler type. Yeah. He's definitely got the brawling. And, uh, in the video where he's war- where he's um, working out that we, we just talked about, he does say, like, you know, I'm in, like, peak physical shape. I haven't blown up in a match in 10 years. Blown up being, like... That's a term wrestlers use, I think, where they get, like, really winded and it just like takes it out of him right i feel like he might blow up in this match <laughs> he is struggling towards the end yeah it, it starts it starts going pretty hard and, and i gotta say i was impressed though like i you know not knowing these guys my first matches i've ever really seen with either one of them being the ones that happened that we talked about earlier mm-hmm. hey there, there's one part where nick aldis goes for like a wrist lock and uh tim storm punches in the face so just like he said he would yeah man of his word tim storm goes on the top rope and sort of does a crossbody. yeah they give him uh it, there's a story there that like he kind of gets to that point but after that punch in the face like nick's controlling it with wrestling mm-hmm. but he gets that punch in the face and he starts brawling too so yeah. it kind of takes it into that I, I, I like the story they're telling anyway it ends in uh you weird know weird ending a weird weird ending you know you get some cool stuff in there like there's a flare reference they pop on that figure four yeah all this kicks out of a tim storm tries to lay in the perfect storm but it, kind of a weak version of it it's yeah. kind of weird and so all gets kicked out of it. i don't think he got all of it and then uh all tries for the kingsley cloverleaf but storm gets the ropes then Aldis is frustrated, and Storm goes for a sharpshooter, and somehow Aldis goes to roll him up, and Tim Storm's leg hits the ropes and pulls him and ends up on top of Nick Aldis for the three. Aldis looks pretty dejected. Yeah. And it's a weird, it's a strange ending. Yeah, it's just really, really odd. So I don't think it's how either one of those guys wanted that to go, because it's a pretty solid match up until that point, and it just kind of was a little wonky there at the end. Mm-hmm. But that kind of carries you right into the next video, so we'll just talk about both at the same time. It's uh, 15 and 16. It's when Tim Storm addresses controversy, and uh, 16 is, is Tim Storm's victory versus Nick Aldis, tainted. You must, how are you feeling right now? You know, I'll be honest with you, rough, rough. I, you know, that was that was a battle. Um, Nick Aldis is a real competitor, probably the biggest match of my career to date. And, I, I, you know, I've had this for a year. I, I'm not even quite sure how that finish went off. I'm going to have to go back and look at it. I haven't seen it yet. But I'm going to take, take the referee's word for it. And, you know, that's the way it came off. And uh, I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to get better. I, you know, that's what a champion does. Do you have any words for Nick Aldis? You got my attention. You already had it. I know now how tough competition is. Uh, Nick, you may be one of the best in the world. I've got to step it up again. I'm going to get better the next time we're in the ring together. I know I know more what to expect, and so do you. The next one's going to be even rougher. Awesome. 
Congratulations once again. So the, the, the next video is like basically him coming out to a crowd of people like greeting him and signing stuff and all of that. But he gets an interview and he talks about all this getting his attention. He also seems a little confused about how that ending went down. Disappointed. Says he'll have to get better. And uh, hints that they're going to meet again. He's in a full interview in the next video. They talk to him about the confusing ending. And you get to see a Nick Aldis tweet that says, Is now a good time to mention the fact that Tim used the ropes to reverse the cradle and it shouldn't have counted? Is Mr. Scoggins going to rewrite history when he tells those kids how he won? It's a mm. little snotty remark there but uh you know he's a little upset that he lost uh tim stores basically have the mindset hey the ref counted three i'm just gonna go with his judgment which you yeah. can blame him i mean i would too <laughs> when you just, won yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says he respects nick but you know he, he is gonna just take the ref's word for it but you know they they hit that this is not over between the two of them and that's kind of where we're gonna stop right now We've no, worked our a way. Cliffhanger. A cliffhanger. Tim Storm and Nick Aldis. Walkie ending that we've built up to, and then here we are. So, uh, Justin, let me ask you, overall, do you have like any overall opinions about the NWA so far from what you've seen? Like it just I mean, do you pretty, want to keep watching? Yeah, you know? it's pretty fun. I mean, I'm I uh, I like both of those guys, so obviously, you know, this narrative is only there's only one championship you said in NWA, right? So I don't know anything At this else point. that's really going on. Yeah. But yeah, this particular one, it's they do a lot to really get you invested in it i think yeah uh, both of these guys are fun to watch they're both easy to root for even when one's sort of playing the heel uh he's still like a likable heel i guess yeah. you know uh i don't know it's fun i like it i'm curious i know i know who is the champion now so i have a, <laughs> i have a picture of him autographed <laughs> next to my head so yeah. so justin has a spoiler alert yeah but i'm still curious to see how it plays out yeah, well, that's awesome, man. Well, hopefully you'll keep watching, and uh, we can have you back on for another episode later on down the road. Uh, for everybody listening, that's going to be it for right now. But uh, anybody listening, we want to thank you for listening and following up with us. You know, I was just really passionate about the NWA and what they're doing. I like this trend and this long-term storytelling. I want to see more of it, and I want other people to get excited about it, too. So we're going to keep trying to bring new people on and uh, keep watching. So, uh, Justin, you want to tell everybody how they can find you on the interwebs if they'd like to? Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Justin underscore Bishop and on the Psychotronic Film Society podcast. Yeah, that's at Psychotronic Pod. Yeah, my co-host sucks, though, so I, mean, I do my best to carry it. Oh, it looks like we might be on the next episode of 10 Pounds of Gold <laughs> fighting it out. But uh, I'm at Rock and Roll. Gary, all spelled out. Uh, you can also find this podcast, Instagram and Twitter. It's at the NWA pod. The NWA pod. The NWA pod. NWA pod was taken, so I don't know. Even on Gmail, so. Oh, those jerks. Yeah. Anyway, thanks so much for listening, and I hope you'll tune in for the next episode of This is the NWA.